I'm not sure if you guys have seen this. There's a sticker on that condom machine with a little Canadian flag on it. The little Canadian flag that says, these condoms exceed Health Canada standards. Yeah! <laughs> Thanks, Greenbrier, for assuming I'm banging sluts. <laughs> Go the extra mile, because you know whoever I'm having sex with does not meet Health Canada standards. Comedian and visual artist J.D. <laughs> J.D. J.D. Renald shoots on Oakville, Ontario. And what's this guy doing up here in Manitoba? It's the Manitoba Money Shot Podcast with me, Ronald George Moore. Dressed in black, head to toe, glasses over my nose, going to the big show, grandma's wedding ring on my toe. <laughs> Very shy around girls, around guys who look like girls. Go to work, go to bed, and pretend that I'm dead. Cause my heart's made of rock, got no love on my jock, with guitar.
Dino Sapien, baby. Jalapeno Sapien. Macarino Sapien. Okay, I know what you're thinking. Enough with the songs. <laughs> don't worry. I, uh, I'm running out of them. I don't have uh, many in the bank there. But um, that was Emo Sapien. That was from March 2012 at, uh, at John B. Duff Open Mic. Uh, it was a lot of fun doing that. Great audience response. You can check out the video, if you like, on, uh, uh, on uh, YouTube uh, the Manitoba Money Shot podcast uh, YouTube channel, which is really just an old channel of mine. I just changed the uh, the title. Okay, time to lay down the law, guys. What I need you to do is you have to go to, uh, to Facebook and join the group at Manitoba Money Shot. Go to Twitter, okay? Twitter.com, heard of it? Go there and uh, search the Manitoba Money Shot podcast. It's at capital M, capital B, capital M, Money Shot podcast you follow that shit then what you do is you walk on over to stitcher.com and then you uh, join their them you can download the app even if you have an apple phone whatever and then yeah speaking of apple go to itunes subscribe and uh, give me five stars like i'm not asking anymore (laughs) just give me those fucking stars and leave a, a comment a nice comment i know you're nice people and you can do this. Okay. Um, thank you for listening, for uh, checking us out. We appreciate it. When I say we, I mean me. It's just me. It's like three in the morning recording this intro for uh, JD Renault, who is a very special guest. It's, uh, I wanted to uh, get him on the show. I've always liked his, his work um, as an artist and a comedian. He's very funny. He's the type of comedian that will uh, make the, lo- the room bust a gut. And uh, I always do when I see him. Uh, and uh, funny enough, just like, uh, I, just, I wonder what he's doing. And so I went down to Wee Johnny's. Sure enough, he was there working the lights. Asked him if he'd be on the show without hesitation. He agreed. And uh, it was fun. It was really awesome talking to him. After JD left, I jumped on the internet and checked out his website, theplaceholdershow.com. And it's a pretty fucking cool website, I gotta say. It's got the bio, you got the video, you got the upcoming shows, uh, details uh, about past shows he's done, plus his artwork. Not only do you get uh, pieces available to purchase, you can also see uh, others that have sold already. And uh, it's just a, it's a cool layout, and uh, kudos to you, JD. You, you've done it again. The clip you heard at the beginning of the episode uh, was uh, JD at the Greenbrier, and this would have been, oh God, I'm guessing 2012 again. Um, I was doing stand-up there, and JD was the host, so that little piece of of stand-up, I don't know if JD will remember it, because it's rare to catch JD doing the same material. Which is really cool, you know, it means it's just that much more special, uh, just having that mom- moment between the performer and the audience, it's just, you know, it's, it's there, it's this thing we're sharing and it'll never be repeated again, uh, unless you happen to have be recording your own set <laughs> and catch it. Thanks for coming down, JD, and everyone check out his fringe show in the summer at Wee Johnny's, it'll be a blockbuster. Okay. Quack, quack, quack. We are rolling.
Hey! We got JD in the house. Hey. JD Renault. Yes. Hello. Uh, we're actually, you're the first guy or the first guest to uh, not be born in Manitoba. It's Manitoba Money Shot, by the way. Welcome. But you've heard the intro. And um, yeah, it's special because, but you've been in uh, Manitoba. Uh, you are a resident of Manitoba. Yes. And uh, how many years now? Uh, it's 10 years this year. Oh I God, moved here decade. on uh, St. Patrick's Day of 2008. Holy shit! Yep, that is the coolest. Mm-hmm. So your first experience here, there's all these drunks around you and like sort of. I, I I moved here on a via rail, like because you can just load up as many boxes as you want and keep paying for them, and you can bring as much as you want on a train. Yeah. And I was supposed to arrive earlier in the day, but via rail is uh, as timely as it's ever been. Uh, so I ended up getting here at like 10 o'clock at night. And then I had to get, like, my friends who I was living with to come pick me up and drive me, like, with all these boxes. So basically, yeah, technically I was here on the 17th, but then I was like, all right, all my boxes in a corner and a pile of laundry. I just fell asleep on a pile of laundry. And I'm like, I'm not dealing with this. I'm dealing <laughs> exactly. with it tomorrow. But, yeah. And that, you're coming from Oakville. Yes. Oakville, Ontario. Ontario. And you said uh, half hour about away from Toronto? Yeah, on, the go, on like, the GO train line. Like, it's it, it, it's on the border of uh, Lake Ontario, so it's, like, just a little bit south. But, yeah, it's it's we went to Toronto for... You know, concerts, shoes, etc. You know, like all the, all the things you need. Concerts and shoes. Yeah, yeah, the two main things you need to go to Toronto for. Uh, yeah, so I'm like basically from like you know age like 16 to 22 when I was still there. I spent like every weekend in Toronto for the most part. So. Oh really? So yeah. you so you were born in, in Oakville, mm-hmm. spent your childhood there. Mm-hmm. Same house, same place. The whole we time bopped around, around. We bopped around a lot. Like Oakville is. Um, People would. Oakville is a beautiful looking town. It is a beautiful city that has like a lot of cool stuff and like all that things in it. It's it not is. not the best town to live in if you're lower middle class, such as myself. So my mom and I and my brother for a time. My brother's like eight years older than me, so he had yeah. moved out for, like when I was younger and everything. But we bopped around to a couple different apartments, a couple different houses. When I finally was gone, we were in the same house that my mom is still in now, and we were wow. there for about four years. Um, but yeah, like we had bopped around to a bunch of different places. So I got used to moving and everything like that, but still within Oakville, like we would like move in with other people or we move out on our own or we find a better place or we couldn't afford that better place. So we moved to another place. Yeah. Like, Oakville, to me, when I was, uh, we were talking how like I spent uh, like a day or two in Oakville cause mm. I had some friends there and it just seems like really squeaky clean, like no yes. graffiti. Uh, maybe uh, the crime has all been swept away. <laughs> it, it, oh man, it, here's here's your example. Uh, the crime is swept away because I was like the prime suspect in like many childhood incidents. Like I, I was your constantly. Your poster was up on it. No, like I was constantly. Post. Like I never committed a crime that could be punished in any major way. That like that you need to get me for. But like every right. time I was out past nine o'clock skating on the street, was I would be stopped for something. There isn't a curf. There isn't a, a written curfew. You, but there is a hey what are you doing out here curfew uh, which is like why would you be why would a teenager be out on the streets you know, your fucking loiter exactly <laughs> no like i was uh i was in a car once with a few friends and we were pulled over by the cops like a sunday afternoon and uh, i had a bag of samosas in my lap and just a paper bag and yeah. the cop tapped on the back windshield with his uh like uh flashlight it is noon by the way i don't know why he brought the flashlight he could have brought the nightstick but no <laughs> flashlight he flashes it. it's the daytime it's noon he's flashing it at me and he's like points at the bag. he's like what's in the bag i'm like samosas yeah. he's like where's the-? and he actually said where's the rest of the dope i'm like it's samosas and i open it and show him, like 
he didn't know what samosas were. Yeah, yeah <laughs> like, well, open up those samosas. It's, it's, it's like potato and peas and spices and stuff, man. It's nothing. You want one? And it's like, <laughs> I got like stopped because I I matched the description of a guy who mugged a cab driver four months ago. Like all this oh, other geez. weird. Like yeah, it was so like. I wasn't hassled. I was just like, all right, like, this is not the place for somewhere to be a teenager and alone. Were you doing graffiti? No. I Were was, you shoplifting? I was skating. I was, uh, if you call taking from your employer shoplifting, sure. But no, I wasn't. I don't think so. That's no, no, no. Zellers did fine without me for a few years. And then. What, you were banned? No, no, no. I worked there. No, I, I just hated working there. And I, I stole a lot of time. So when you were in uh, school, were you, were you getting good grades? Yeah, for a while. You're a good student. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. As the years went on, it was more focusing on uh, outside school activities. I was I was nailing it until like grade eight. I was like, oh man, school's awesome. Math is easy. And then I get to grade nine. I'm like, yeah, I could take advanced math. Failed it. Like just grade right. nine is like wet out. I don't like go to summer school for that. I was like, all right, be reasonable. But then in like actual high school, I managed to figure out ways to get good grades like I graduated all of high school with like an 80.5 so technically on a roll like just like just nudged it in there but like I um I had uh, an affinity for like you know performing and comedy and stuff like that and I figured out that like if your reports on stuff aren't factual but they're funny and or entertaining you'll still probably pass so like for like media studies I did like an entire uh, thing on like censorship and the music industry it was like this weird thing and everyone else's presentation was like 15 minutes mine was like a class and a half they just (laughs) let me get away with it because I brought all these weird audio visual aids and it was like I just yeah. took control of it and like, all right, you, you're getting a, you're getting a pass if you just want to do this, go nuts. It was like, Thank all right, you, cool. sit down. Yeah, oh, sit there's down. more. Yeah. There's please. Yeah. And then in like in in tech, uh, like they could tell that I really liked working with video cameras and stuff, and I that was what I the main thing that I grabbed a hold of was like video like videography and cameras and stuff. Mm. And my teacher was like, listen, there's this new thing that I don't know how to use that I'm supposed to teach next year called Adobe After Effects. I have no idea what it is. Here's what's going to happen. All this year, you're not going to learn any Photoshop. I'm not going to teach you any Photoshop. You're going to learn how to use After Effects and write a report for me on how to use it. And for the <laughs> whole semester. The yeah, for four <laughs> months. She's like, okay, you're not going to learn any Photoshop. Which, in retrospect, I could like, I have to make fringe posts and stuff. I wish I had learned a lot of stuff yeah. about Photoshop years later. Right. And I barely use After Effects, but that's all we did. That's all I did for an entire semester. So, like, yeah, like, I've, I figured out ways to not gain the system, but still do okay. I didn't completely fall off. I, like, hated science. I hated other things. I was like, all right, well, as soon as I don't have to do this anymore, I'm out. But what you did love is, uh, seems to me like you wanted to experience more of the big city, the big smoke. You were mm. taking the train to, on the weekends, every weekend? Or? Pretty much, yeah. Like, and well, what, what would you do in Toronto? Well, Besides like, shoes and Pretty and much. Concert. Oh, so many shoes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was like... Oakville is like all my friends were from there and everyone was everyone I knew was from there but then like you know you all graduate and everyone either moved to Toronto or moved to another city to go to school so like literally like 90% of my friends just disappeared after when I turned 18 right and I'm still living like at home so I like made some Toronto friends I like like had friends who I'm from high school who moved out there and I would just go out there all the time and uh yeah always. and so would you just be walking up Queen Street you know basically just checking out the scene walking up Queen Street, Street yeah Queen Street Young Street Bathurst Bloor like just I had my little like direct like I would have destinations I would go to like Sonic Boom Records 
yeah. which moved that... a couple times since and still around. It's on Spadina now, but it was on this big Bloor Bathurst, which is now a Dollarama. Whatever. Rotate this. Rotate this. Went to rotate this. Uh, Eyesore video, which was above Rotate This for a while, but oh. they've now moved to Bloor. Loved them. Um, uh, soundscapes, which uh, I like them because they were open till midnight as well. Like I would like the late night record places. Like I could do stuff during the day, but I'm like, okay, Sonic Boom and, Ro- and Soundscapes are open till midnight, so you can leave those till the end. So would you be like staying overnight, or would you catch the last train? I would catch. I would catch the last train, or uh, if absolute need be, the last bus. And I wouldn't. You don't want to take the last. You don't bus. want to take the vomit. You comic. do not want to take that. Oh God! Anybody, anyone in Ontario who's ever had to go to a concert that ended past one in the morning knows about that experience. It is not fun, yeah. and it takes like twice as long, and you don't get home till like four in the morning, and oh. and you're you're generally on that with a bunch of other drunk people who also missed the last train, but probably not because they were at the thing you were at. You're either dealing with like drunk Jays or Leafs fans or yeah. whatever else. Sketchy. Sketchy, sketchy times, sketchy times. And that would be the annoying thing, too, where it'd be like, if I wanted to see just like a local band or something like that, and I just want to go to a bar and see like whatever bands are playing there, you know, sometimes the best band isn't on until like midnight or 1230 or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, I have to go (laughs) or else because if I don't have someone to crash with in Toronto, like I'm stuck here until like five in the morning. Like I got to like roam the streets and then go to the go station, catch the first train, which I have had to do. Uh, (laughs) I was like, all right, well there's smokes poutinery. That's like open to like four. I could chill out there for a while. Like I was like finding things to do late night places and, yeah, just figuring figuring so, out what I can do there. As far as comedy goes, did Oakville have uh, like some sort of club or like a coffee house? house? No, nothing. No, like they had a few like music open mic places and stuff like that, but uh, nothing for comedy really. Like if if we had comedy, it would be like you know a, a touring thing and like it would no open mics really, no real scene. Were you, were you going to Yuck Yucks Toronto? No, I was. Seeing any comics back then? I loved stand up so much growing up, and I was terrified when I was like before I moved out, moved away. Like I, I just had it in my head that I would like, oh well, I know where Yuck Yucks is. It's right there, and like I know that that Humber has like a class for comedy or whatever, and all yeah. the, all this. Like I knew about specific things, but in my mind, it was like you can't start there because what if you like go there and you bomb and, and the audience is like the president of comedy and he's like never again. And then you never get to like, I was just terrified that I was going to, I was just so scared. I was going to do poorly in front of the wrong people and I would immediately get a bad reputation. And that would be, I, it's, it's ridiculous to think, but like a lot of that's, that was my, that was holding me back a long time. So I was writing a lot. I was doing a lot of other kind of creative stuff, but I was like, eh, I don't it's have hard. a, yeah. It's hard that first time. Like I just saw a guy who, uh, went up at the cavern hmm. on the weekend and uh, he didn't do very well and the next comic just ripped him to shreds <laughs> like oh my god like so much so I'm like oh man I would feel so bad like yeah. not only did I not get a laugh I but am, now I'm getting shit on I have been that second I have been that first comic before sometimes and it's like you know it, it, it hurts and it sucks it but hurts. like at the same time I was like you know, to go to Toronto and do this, like I was working in a record store in Toronto or oh. in, in uh, um, Oakville rather, really which one? Uh, it's called The Beat Goes On Oh. Uh, they were like a used record chain, DVD and CDs. 
and like there's like 11 locations all around Ontario oh, so they like cool. th- all their inventories were linked so like you could mail stuff to other stores so it's basically like you have 11 stores that you can it's, it's like, I love that place it's actually yeah, I like them a lot wow um but uh but yeah I was I was working there like six days a week eight hours a day like I, I was assistant manager and I was there all the time but then like I would give myself the weekends off to go do whatever I wanted and Are I basically sure? wrote the schedule so like if there was a concert on like a Tuesday or whatever I'd give myself the day off and well, I'm, you gotta go I've got to go I figure, I figure out it's, <laughs> what, it's what I do uh but basically like I had just resigned myself to working there for like three years and I was you know I was writing stuff with my friends and like you know thinking about the stuff I wanted to do and like you were writing so, stuff with your friends like like kind of like sketches we, yeah sketches we had like we had like a ripoff of like the onion that like one of my friends who was like uh in uh school in uh, Guelph mm-hmm. Ontario was writing and it was actually uh it was called the placeholder uh that's that's where it began it actually began in high school with a few other friends and then like kind of spiraled out where it became like you know satirical news and like articles and weird jokey things like that and it should be like a a do-it-yourself yeah it was like uh, publication it would be lofty to call it a zine because it was one page uh but it's basically like like front back page we would just print it off and he would put it beside the other like crappier local actual produced news or like he would actually sometimes slip it in to like the student newspaper yeah. and the inside when they weren't looking so they would have to read it and people would be like is this part of the news like no we would just kept slipping it in so that was kind of fun <laughs> uh and then yeah like we were writing stuff for that for a long time and then uh yeah after a while like um yeah, we we still maintained that for a very long time, and we had like as a, my buddy Tim, who we're still really good friends with in Ontario. Uh, yeah, we were like writing partners. We would like bounce stuff off each other. We trust each other's comedy voices and stuff like that. Right, right. Um, but yeah. still not putting it out there. I mean, as far as like getting on a stage. On a all... stage, never like for some reason in Ontario, it never. I was like, it's just too lofty a, a thought, and it's too lofty a thing. In retrospect, I'm like, I don't like to do like the revisionist history of my past or whatever, but I'm like. Hey man, you know that like comedy bar started in like 2007 when you could have moved to Toronto and you could have just like tried that and like, but I'm like, ah, don't think about that because I've been there many times. I love the, I love everyone there and that's like my favorite place to see comedy in Toronto is there. But I'm like, okay, like that, don't think about things like that. At that time, I was just too scared to do that. I was, I didn't mind writing, writing stuff under like weird pen names and this weird phony newspaper and like putting it out there because I'm like, I'm getting this out. I'm figuring it out. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm getting it, I'm getting it together. I'm figuring. I think every Winnipeg comedian appreciates the fact that you didn't go to Toronto because, like, we have totally been amazed at the when you get on stage, JD. You, you pretty much make it your own. It seems like you just, it's just flying off your head. Like, I, yeah, my, my thing is that like, it, the writing is the fun part for me. The creating new stuff is the fun part for me. Like, yeah. I know that in a lot of comics. I got a lot of great advice from a lot of people starting off, you know, like, you know, Jobby Duff and like everybody else who like gave me like good pointers on like, you know, basic stuff about, you know, stand up and like, you know, his main note for me was like, take your foot off the gas a little bit. You're, you're yelling and talking and not letting us laugh. Like t- when they're laughing, oh, yeah, slow yeah, yeah. down, let them have grab them. that sip give, of water. Give them a couple <laughs> seconds. Yeah. You can, you can maybe milk laughter for longer by the fact that you're not Start talking for a couple butter. seconds. Yeah. Just take <laughs> Find an activity. Relax. That's a good next. Yeah. Like, Cause I was, but that was when like the first couple of years, I'm just so nervous energy made me louder and more gregarious and just, frenetic and all that now i'm like okay i know the reaction i think i can get with what i'm gonna do i hope um so all right pace yourself but still bring some energy to it and i i want to write a ton of stuff like that's i've always said for someone like for, for new comics who are starting 
they like what what how do you write what do you do and i'm like some days i will think of something in the early afternoon and i'm so excited to tell it at whatever open mic it is that night that that's all i'm thinking about most of the day so i don't need to write it down i've been thinking of it all day and like and if it works i'm like okay i'm so happy that worked i will write down afterwards what i did be like okay don't forget this part this part this part maybe change this Mm -hmm. part there you go and then like i write my set after i've done it for the first time pretty much like then i've kind of got a handle on it and yeah i'm not a notes person very much unless i'm doing like a very long set and it's just like a cheat sheet to go back to like so I didn't miss anything or I or I yeah. knew where I'm going next but make sure you're on the page yeah making so sure that but why why did you choose uh, Winnipeg like because you would yeah you'd think it naturally would be Toronto but or even like Vancouver mm-hmm. has a big scene Calgary Edmonton why, why did you come to Winnipeg uh, a friend of mine uh, I had a friend who I met on the internet uh, her name is Paula mm-hmm. and uh, yeah we became like internet friends pretty much like around my last year of high school and then we just like had like a like basically a pen pal MSN messenger internet relate like friendship for a long time and uh, a couple of computer nerds a couple of computer <laughs> just a couple of dorks just a couple of dorks <laughs> nerding up on a computer and like yeah she was from um, uh, Fisher Branch Manitoba oh wild and she was just moving to Winnipeg around the time that I met her uh, internet wise and uh yeah like we i had come i came to visit here a couple times over the course of that like i came in like 2007 a couple times like i came once in the summer hook up to meet up yeah to meet up and like hang out and like i get the glean make sure it's not a dude yeah exactly (laughs) just making sure like her first apartment when i lived here was like on broadway like the sketchiest part of broadway in a building that i think is abandoned now and like i'm staying there like during like canada day and all that stuff so i'm like okay this is like i'm getting getting a feel for this you know got in a fight in the village in like the third day I was here like really a fight yeah we we were crossing the Osborne we were crossing the Osborne Bridge uh, and there was like three of us walking on the side and this is before they expanded the sidewalks it was literally Mm -hmm. like a narrow sidewalk right and these dudes barrel by us on a bike with one of them on the handlebars and they're screaming at us and there's there's three of us and like even if we all went on this way you're still gonna knock into one of us so one of us had to like jump into the road and uh, she yells at them and then they get off the bike and they start yelling at her I'm like dude like get out of here don't worry about this right then they bike up really fast go to where like the subway is on like uh, River River and Osborne Osborne. and then this other dude runs around the corner and tries to punch her out she oh my god this is this is back in her like raver days we were literally uh, a little bit on mushrooms and pretty drunk on wine going to the vendor and she's wearing a tutu and gigantic bracelets and when he tries to take a swing at her she whips her arms down and throws off all her bracelets onto the ground (laughs) and like splatter everywhere and decks him in the middle of the street and he runs away and I'm like wow Winnipeg I think I'm gonna move here (laughs) Uh, no, it's like wow. This, none of this happens in Oakville. Um, it's like a wrestling finishing move. Right? Yeah, it's like whoosh, just like whips them off, and then wow. like yeah, it just goes crazy. And it was like it was like wow, this is intense. You know, we were like 20, 21, something like that. But like yeah, I was just like wow, this is this is energy. So what was your first year like in Winnipeg? My first year, You're, like. Is it that's when you decided I'm going to hit the stage? I'm going to give the stand up a shot. Not even actually. First, first year, year you didn't do first it. year I was like, all right, I'm quitting this record store job and I'm like saved up a whole bunch of money and I'm moving to Winnipeg and I'm going to start wholly fresh, wholly new. Everything's going to be completely different. Right. And then three days later, I got my exact same job again at CD Plus. <laughs> I was like, oh, whew, that was that was scary. And I literally got like the exact same job I had in Oakville. In like a mall. The, 
Uh, yeah, like in Madison Square, like where Madison there's like a pet Square. value now. Right, right. Uh, Downtown. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, yeah, I just started working there, and I was like, oh man, you just got your exact same job. What are you doing? <laughs> uh, but, but you live with, uh, you know, this cool girl, and like, or another, I got another friend of ours for, uh, yeah, and like this. You know, I'm, I'm living with like people my own age, and I'm like, you know, figuring out stuff, and I'm like, right. oh, how do how do I pay a hydro bill? And then all of a sudden, like, I lived at home until I was adulting, 22. adulting, figuring all right that now. stuff out. And, like that was the first year, and like, yeah, man, there was like parties every week, and like all this other kind of stuff, and like they were more connected to like the like electronic was, music was scene. Your place, stuff. the party? Yes. Uh, yeah. Oh no, your I would place. wake up and like step over people sleeping yeah. on my kitchen floor and stuff like that. Like I didn't <laughs> care. Uh, and yes, and as long just, as you don't steal my shit. You're welcome. That was, that was basically it. Uh, well, they did steal my... <laughs> the one roommate did steal my shit. We didn't have wireless internet. We just had a modem. And so every now and again, I'd be asleep and I'd hear my door open and her creep in and <laughs> steal the modem and steal away. I'm like, you can ta- ask for it before I go to bed. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> I don't need it while I'm sleeping. Just don't steal it. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, but that, that was the first year. And then after that year, uh, left CD Plus. Wait a minute, are you going to any stand-up shows? No. This, it's uh, not I, even... The, the first year, I, I actually kind of had it in my head that I wanted to be a writer. I wanted to either write screenplays or novels or short stories or something. Yeah. So I was just doing a ton of writing. And it was a lot of comedic writing, but just a lot of writing and stuff. And I, like, f- yeah. finished, like, two screenplays that kind of never went anywhere and, like, polished up old stuff that never really went anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, writing down a whole bunch of ideas. Like, I was, like, every day I was, like, writing writing something. I would, like, sit in my computer, like, all right, you're writing for two hours straight, whatever it is. Just do something. Wow, you're really disciplined. Now. I'm trying. I was trying to. Well, that was my whole idea was, like, in Oakville, I was, like, okay. I kind of got myself into a bit of a rut, and I'm feeling a creative juices aren't flowing and I need to change the pace. And like, you know, you're 22 you're living at home. You should figure something out. I didn't have any prospects in Toronto. Maybe I would have moved there if I had any, but I didn't. Right. Uh, and this one came up and it's like, Hey, rent would be three fifty a month. I'm like, I'm doing it. So I was good for cheap. But I was, and I was in the back of my mind. I was like, okay, but I'm moving there with like a couple bags of my stuff. And like, I've got a nest egg saved. And if I don't like it, I can move back. It's Mm -hmm. just a province away. It wasn't that big a deal. And if you, if you don't like it or it doesn't work out, no, no shame in moving back right the um, via train will always be there exactly <laughs> it'll always be there and yeah i would like go back and visit like home and my parents and my friends and everything like i still visit like once or twice a year if i can let's swing it um but yeah after after the first year uh and like left that job and we moved out of that apartment and i moved into a different apartment uh on wolseley but then around that time i was just like getting kind of bored getting kind of listless and i'm like ah eh, not really sure this is doing what it is and literally i just found out about rumors i just was like eh, i'll go to rumors like i not even to like think of doing comedy i'm just going to go and literally on did the you have ti- free tickets yep uh, yes i did <laughs> it was free from free work uh, and cool. then literally on uh, on their table was the funniest person with a day job little like table standy thing oh. i was like oh Oh, okay. Like, I had no idea if there was even a local stand-up scene at all. Apparently there was. I just was unaware of it. Like, there right. people were very around. very small. Very small. Point. I didn't know about The King Said. I didn't know about Crumbs or Ryan McMahon or Duff or anybody like that. Or yeah. the, I think The Cavern had been going for a little while, but on, like, a Wednesday. Mm-hmm. But that was before my time. Uh, so this is 2009 was when I started. And, yeah, I, I went to Rumors, ate shit. Uh, ter- I was terrible. It was wait, wait, bad. So you signed up for the day job, or yep. the funniest person with the day job. Mm-hmm. You had your thing, mm-hmm. and 
and you personally felt you didn't do well? Oh, I know I didn't do well. <laughs> I recorded it. I could show you I didn't do well. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. No, I, saw, I, I couldn't watch it today, but I, it's, it's, oh, it's oh, not, not good. Uh, <laughs> I, but I wanted to do it, and I did it, and I was like, all right. I felt kind of jaded about it, and I was kind of bitter about it for, like, about a month and a half, wow. where I was like, oh, man, like, I, because I love stand-up. I really, like, I in my mind, I was like, oh, man, this was something I really wanted to do, and I gave it a shot. It didn't really work out, and I didn't even know of any other chances to do it. I was yeah. like, I got to wait another year for this contest to come around. Like, I literally thought that would have been it. Right. And I was like, I don't know. And then, um, like, a friend, like, literally, it was a friend of a friend of mine whose name will ever forever escape me. It was like, oh, my friend is like a comic from Halifax, and he's like doing a set at the King's Head or something. I was like, okay, I don't, I don't know who that is, and I don't know about this King's Head thing, but I'll go. Sure. And then I go there, and I meet like Duff, uh, Tim Gray, Dan Hewen. Couple yeah. people who were just starting for the first time. That was, that was the Tuesday night show, right? Tuesday night show, yeah. yeah the free laughs, mm -hmm. and yeah, I introduced myself to Duff, and he's like, "Oh, well, in like a couple months, I think like the Cavern is starting up again." And that was like when the Cavern like became the Sunday night thing. He's like, mm -hmm. "We'll be every Sunday night. You show up there. That's that. This show is a book show." Didn't end up getting on that show for like a year. Like had to tough it out at the Cavern for a long, long time. But for those who don't know, the Cavern is like Winnipeg's longest running open mic show. Yeah, that's been going which on I guess pretty much was around that time. So it's I guess about nine years now, mm -hmm. uh, steadily on Sundays, give or take, like every Sunday ever since. Uh, but yeah, like and around that time, it was yeah, it was like the 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 like the beginning crew around that time was like. Myself, Tim Gray, Dan Hewen, Adam Schwartz started around that time. Mike Green was a little little while thereafter. Ben Walker, Jordan Wellwood, mm -hmm. uh, Kathy Herbert, I think had just come back. Uh, there, Kara Litwin, I think was around. Yeah, she was around. Yep. Ryan McMahon, Keener, like they're like all these are like the people who like were either doing it for a little while or were like the present people. The soldiers was, coming up every soldier, Sunday. Yeah, every yeah. now and again. And then I, it, I just. I, I wasn't great when I started, but I was like, I don't want to suck at this. And mm -hmm. I have the opportunity to work on this every week. So, yeah, that was like, okay. And, like, the thing of, like, you know, I can write something in the day and then do it later at night. It would be like, all right, every week I'm writing a brand new five minutes for the cavern. I don't care yeah. if it sucks. Right. I don't care if last week did well. I'm writing that down to remember for later, but I want to write more. Yeah. Okay, so then uh, another uh, couple of things you were known for back in the day. Back, I'm saying back in the day, but yeah. like when the last ten years or whatever, is that you would do these marathon <laughs> <laughs> song. Yeah, it's a marathon. Yeah. You play the one a, a song over and over and over and over and over again mm -hmm. for a twenty four hour period. Right. And uh, it was to raise money. Yes. Yeah. And uh, tell me a little about that. How that? How did you get this idea? Uh, I got the idea because a long time ago I'd heard about this thing. Uh, I believe it was in Toronto where I think it was at a bar. Um, they listened to Ace of Spades by Motorhead for six hours straight in a bar. Yeah. And like everyone was there. They just put it on repeat for six hours. And they said that they were raising money for charity for that. I was like, oh, okay. Well, that's, that's weird. It's also only six hours. I'm like, I could, I could do that easy. Uh, and then it was one year I just straight up couldn't afford to... I had traveled back for Christmas for a couple for most of the years when I was first here for the right. first three years, <laughs> and it's a pain in the ass to fly home at Christmas. And like the year before, I literally flew back, uh, arrived on Christmas morning, had Christmas dinner with my family, and then like flew out on Boxing Day. And I'm like, that was not. I oh, can't afford sucks. to do this. And I'm right. like, Mom, I love you, but like, we don't. 
we never really cared that much about Christmas. Like, it, it wasn't the thing. Like, oh, you're here. It's like, if I miss Christmas and I save $700, is that really, like, that could be your gift to me is that I didn't have to spend $700. Exactly. And dinner was lovely, but come on. So you, uh, you just were thinking, oh, what can I do? What can I do? On, like, I want to do something. I'm going to be, and I was like, literally like, ah, I don't want to Bogart someone else's family on Christmas. Like, or just like jump around. I'm like, I feel like that would bum me out. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, well, think of something you could do on Christmas that like, can connect you to people and all that stuff on Christmas Day, and it's something to do all day. So I was like, I know what I'll do. Uh, from midnight on Christmas Eve till midnight on Christmas Day, I'm going to play Christmas in Hollis by Run DMC on repeat. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to make videos of myself doing it all day long. Like, this was before, like, live streaming stuff, so I literally had to, like, make videos, like, put them on my computer, edit them, and do all that. And I'm, like, editing while still listening to the song I'm while sorry, watching what, my- what are you editing? Editing? What are you editing? I edited like videos of you. Videos of me. Like, the, I'm recording myself and then, like, editing the videos on my computer while still playing the song on a boombox behind where, me. Where was it? People could show up. Oh, yeah, it was my apartment. It was oh, my was apart- that your apartment? It was at okay. my apartment. Yeah, the first one was at my apartment. And, yeah, uh, Adam Schwartz showed up, uh, Jewish. Uh, <laughs> so he was Jewish. free. Uh, Jewish. Well, no, he literally was like, I'm free today. You want me to come over? I'm like, sure. Awesome. <laughs> I'm not doing anything. No one's here. Um... Uh, and yeah, I, I did it and did it, the experience, did it actually kind of drive you a little crazy hearing that song or was it just kind of like, or was it kind of like it just got in the background after a while? You didn't after, hear it. After a while. Yeah. You, you, I would say like you and the song become one. It's just, yeah. it's just what silence sounds like now. I'm sure if it like went on indefinitely, I'd be like, Oh, I, I am in hell. I have to stop this. But I'm like knowing it's going to be over is like, okay, it's going to be over. You, I have a task. I'm like talking to people while I'm doing it yeah. and all this other kind of stuff. And I'm like, okay, well, and that, that was good, but I'm like, I did it basically for no real reason. Well, you raised money. That time I didn't. That time oh, I that did it out just... of pure boredom. But then I'm like, you know what? People are so impressed that I can do this. Why don't I do it and raise some money? And that one was at the Handsome Daughter? That was at the Handsome Daughter. Or, well, it was the standard at the time. The standard. It was, at the stand- it was called the standard at the time. And that was you and uh, Chantel. That was right? the one after this. The first one there was... was fr- three? Oh, yes. Oh, no. Uh, technically, it was uh, one, two, three, four. Five. Get out of yeah. here. Okay. <laughs> List them down. Let's okay. go. Uh, Christmas in Hollis. That was the first one. Yeah. Uh, right after that, uh, the next holiday was St. Patrick's Day, so I listened to Streams of Whiskey by the Pogues. <laughs> right. That one was also for no money. I don't know why I did that one for and no money. And where was that one? That one was in my apartment as well, okay. too. Okay. Uh, and then the third one that I actually started raising money for uh, was uh, uh, Friday by Rebecca Black. Which was that like Ooh. internet famous worst song of all time worst thing? Because yeah, yeah. everyone was like, "Oh, you're doing songs you actually like." Because you know, I like Run DMC and the Pogues or whatever. So it's like, okay, these are I can handle these. It's like, why don't you pick like an actual shitty song? I'm like, all right, well, if I do the worst song ever, would you pay me to do it? Right. And then yeah, like people would show up and like drop off like a few bucks, and was I raised that, mo- a, that was a handsome daughter. Friday? That yeah, was it? Yeah, basically the handsome daughter. Okay. And uh, I raised money for a charity called uh, SmileTrain.org, which is a uh, it's a charity that does uh, cleft palate surgeries for kids right. in the third world. Yeah. And I picked them because they say on their website, like, all they do is they literally give money directly to a surgeon to do basically this pretty inexpensive cosmetic surgery that people can't afford. It's only 250 bucks. So they say, if you give us 250 bucks, we provide a surgery. And we'll even send you, like, a photo of the kid who we gave it to. Wow. And it's like, wow, that's really that cut really and dry, cool. easy charity. And I'm like, I could raise 250 bucks. Yeah. Like, if, if you raise whatever money for the Red Cross, I'm like, I'm sure it goes to a good cause, but I don't know what it's going to. I'm like, I could literally say I raised 250 bucks and I did something. That's yeah. it. I'm like, cool, I can do that. Uh, I ended up raising, like, over 700. So oh, I was like, amazing, okay, cool. Amazing. I'm like, all right. And that was number three. 
Number four? Number four was um, uh, the Monster Mash. That's the one I did with Chantel. Halloween. Halloween, Were course. you dressed up? Yeah. Uh, no. Wait. No, no, I wasn't. Uh, <laughs> should have been dressed up as Chantel. If you I sh- well, we should have. That would have been genius. I should have. Uh, no. Chantel, Chantel was the best. Uh, they, wanted, they wanted so badly to be part of this. So I'm like, <laughs> okay. Well, and, and that one was like, okay, how about we do this? Uh, we do, like, people could pay like a dollar for a vote for whatever song they want us to listen to. Oh. So we raised money even before it began by like people wow. donating money, like, Oh, I'll pay you 20 bucks to listen to this or whatever. And literally we got in the free press before it happened. And this lady, this very sweet lady, what, what like said, like messaged me. She's like, I've, I'm very touched by what you're doing. I want to give you, I want to give you to $1,750. Like before we even did it, I was like, okay. And she's like, but the thing is, I think my husband would be mad at me if he found out that I did this. So can we meet somewhere and I can give you a check in private? I'm like, this is so shady. Absolutely. So we met at the food court of Kildonan Place Mall. And like, I met her like, hi, nice to meet you. And like, we had like a brief chat. She's a very lovely lady. And and, uh, she gave me the check and I was like, all right, cool. And I'm about to walk away. Like, oh. Uh, technically you win the contest thing yeah. of like what I was going to listen to. And she's like, Oh, I didn't even think about that. And oh, she's like, wow. she didn't even think about it. Like, it's like, well, we're doing it on Halloween. Does that give you any ideas? It's like, she like literally shrugged and went monster mash. <laughs> so that's why we had to do monster mash. She's like, she couldn't think of any other like spooky songs. Right. If she had been like a metalhead or something like that, she probably would have picked like a Rob zombie or an Alice Cooper song. And I was like, nah, we got stuck with monster mash. Right. Uh, so, <laughs> that's awesome. So yeah, we did that one. We raised a ton of money for that one. How, how much? Like, uh, I guess think, over two thousand. Yeah, we raised like about twenty five hundred, I think, for that wow. one. Uh, and then the last one I did was it was a few years after that one because I had stopped doing like I, I literally did four in one year. Yeah. So or like basically one calendar year. I was like it was like bam bam bam. Uh-huh. And I was like I'm gonna slow down. <laughs> um, and then uh, a few Christmases ago, I like on Christmas Eve. I uh, brought that tradition back, and I listened to uh, "Wonderful Christmas Time" by Paul McCartney. Yeah, uh, that's right. I remember and that I now. did that one at the Purple Room, which no longer exists at Frame Arts Warehouse. Okay. Uh, and that one also like raised money, and that one I think we also cracked about like almost three grand for that one as well too. Oh, that's amazing. And that one was just me, and I was like, "That is total. That's totally amazing." Now you, uh, well, not now, but like you've. You got interested in the Fringe Festival, mm-hmm. and you started putting on uh, one-man shows, which are... How many years have you done it? Because you've done it all in a row, right? Every year for like uh, five years? There was years? one year I, I teched for my friend Kathy uh, that I was out, but yeah, uh, every year since 2012. Okay, I've been give, me the, give me the show titles, because they're, uh, they're the best. Surf Chimps was my first show, Surf Chimps. which was an actual play that I got with a bunch of other people. It was uh, Queen Green, Melanie Darling, and Bill Patz oh. were all involved in that one. Cool. Uh, it was basically a, a fake children's movie about like a surfing chimp. Whatever. Cool. It's very cool. Complicated, but Who weird. Who was the chimp, Bill Pax? Uh, no, uh, Quinn. <laughs> we bought this really, really good-looking chimp costume that was so... It was like thick foam rubber. He had nearly died. Felt so bad for the guy. I made him do a lot of very physical stuff and pass out in that suit. Uh, that, that was like the first show where I'm like, hey, friends. Like, I just grabbed my friends. I'm like, I've never done Fringe before. I literally want to do something so crazy that it's bound to fail, yeah. but that I'm not too crestfallen if it does because I want to make every mistake in my first show. Are you willing to help me? Like, yeah, absolutely. So, like, they all, they all chipped in and we did, it was really wild and really fun. Okay. But and we then did, the, the next one, next one was, uh, yeah, next one was solo. That was self-destructivism. 
that one was pretty much autobiographical and like kind of basically about uh, I tried to turn uh, self-destruct my self-destructive tendencies into like a motivational guru type right. mantra. Like, no, like it's the best way to live your life is to just basically destroy and do the stupidest things you possibly can. I, I touched on the song marathons and that and like that was at the purple room. Right? Uh, no, that was at Cinematech. I did one at the Purple Room. I did yeah. a showing of that at the Purple Room later. Oh, okay. Uh, I think that's what I said. I, I brought that one back for that. Uh, after that was Damn Your Eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one was more about my Ontario years and, like, my like I was a very angry young boy and basically, like, <laughs> re- like uh, basically getting over your anger issues was the main crux of that show. Very cool. Uh, very cool. Also pretty autobiographical. Then, uh, then a year off. Uh, so they get what? A year off. Oh, a year that off. That was my year okay. off. Uh, and then uh, came back with my dreams are stupid. Uh, <laughs> I figure if you got if you got a winning title, people will be at least borderline interesting uh, interested. And then yeah, that was at that time I was uh, supporting myself with uh, my art. And I was scared shitless uh, because I was like, I don't know if this is a smart decision to do. Right. But basically being like, uh, it was a show, like literally about following your dreams, but how that could actually be scarier in ways that people don't anticipate they're scary. It's like, it's not necessarily you're worried about money. It's not necessarily. Living the dream. Yeah. When you're living the dream, it's like, all right, well, and like how. (laughs) The dream is pretty, uh. As a one bedroom. Well, yeah. Well, and the, the other part, the, the main thing I, I touched on in that is, uh, is like people don't really give, like they don't tell you this part is that people don't really give a shit about you if you're in the middle of following your dreams. Yeah. Like if you tell someone you have a dream and you haven't done anything yet, they're like, oh, good for you, go do it. And if you've achieved success, they're like, we're proud of you, you can always do it. But if you're like five years in and living in a one bedroom and you're like, I don't have enough money to go out tonight, guys. Like, oh, when are you gonna get your shit together? Like, I have to do this. Yeah. I'm living my dream. It's like it's like these. Are the things about living your dream people want to tell you it will suck for a long time probably right. but like it nothing ever happens it's like all the, the weird stuff that so that was that was that one that was four that was four and then five uh last year was story hole and oh, story okay. hole was at we johnny's my first one at we johnny's and byob byob right and yeah that one was uh that's when it started veering a little bit off of autobiographical and being like almost like a storytelling master class of sorts what mm-hmm. about uh, this year then there's uh, you're in the fringe this year mm-hmm. and what's, what's your show called uh the show this year uh i'm literally kind of going a little bit full circle it's just called the placeholder show this year oh. uh which is my website it's the going way back to that newsletter so way, way you, back yeah exactly day. you have a newsletter you've been giving it up yeah just giving it there you go. And no, like this year, it's almost it's still storytelling, but I'm kind of referring to it as storytelling sketch, where basically it's not necessarily a narrative this year. It's mm. just a whole bunch of stories that are kind of loosely tied together. It's basically like me doing a sketch based storytelling one person show. I'm really like it's something I've wanted to do for a few years, actually. Yeah. But it's like stuff that doesn't necessarily fit into other things. There are some serious moments in it, but it's by and large mostly just weird things that almost had no other I've wanted things I've really wanted to tell people and like weird stories and weird things from my life that I'm like, these wouldn't have fit anywhere else. So I'm like, okay, if I can start writing shows like this, then I could start doing almost this every year. Mm-hmm. I, I, that's this is the hope this it's time. The evolution. Up. It's the evolution. Of like I, I've, I've done enough one person original shows all the way through where I'm like, okay, can I write like solid eight to ten minute show? Like a sketch troupe will write, right. you know, a, a, crump, a crap load of sketches, and you know they'll do a friend show of them. And the best ones they'll keep doing, and the ones that didn't work so well, they're like, eh, we'll, yeah, we'll let them go. I'm like, well, I want to write stuff and continually keep writing more and more and more. And like for a brand new show every year, The Fringe, I hopefully would do brand new stuff every year. And I'm like, 
I think I can do it. I'm still writing. Oh, I'm, I say still writing it. I shouldn't be saying that. It's pretty about a month away. I think a lot of people uh, are still writing the I'm, I'm, right I'm weaving together the bits and pieces and, and finishing up some stuff. But and yeah, this it's will coming. be a Wee Johnny's. This will be a Wee Johnny's be, as well, BYOV, too. Yeah. second yeah. year there. Yeah, got to give it up to uh, Tim Gray and uh, Hunks and everyone at Wee Johnny's because they, they came to me last year and were like, hey, do you want us to do Wee Johnny's BYOV? Oh, they came year? to you? Yeah, they came to me because <laughs> they were like, well, you do it every year and they know that, A, I'm one guy. I don't really have many props or any props. Yeah. Uh, I can handle my own tech. I don't even need a tech. Like, I set the lights at the back, and I just go up, and I don't have lighting cues or anything, so I don't even need that. And I'm very self-sufficient, and they have a screen and a projector there, so they're like, we know you would utilize those. Right. So I was That's like, good. So, yeah, they're like, yeah, you you come aboard, and, and you'll be there. It's me and uh, Graham Clark uh, from Vancouver. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, of yeah, course, he's, Graham he's, Clark, yeah. legend. Legend, yes. Comic. Stop, stop podcasting yeah. yourself. Uh, yep. Yeah. Fantastic guy. He was there last year. He's coming back again this year. And, and you're uh, there. You're, you're at Lee Johnny's a lot. Like, not just mm-hmm. on stage. You were doing the lights the other day. Or yep. sound. And uh, so you're I, doing the door at one point. Y- yep. I, I, I recently, like, I moved. I live, like, basically at Centennial, like, on Fountain Street. Like, pretty close <laughs> to uh, Wee Johnny's now. And, yeah. yeah, I'm literally, like, a 10-minute walk away. So I'm constantly like, hey, can you work door? Can you work sound? Can you work yeah. lights? You Need know? someone quick. Can you fill in? Oh, yeah. All the time. You're like the Tony Randall of uh, Wee Johnny's. Yeah. Exactly. Or, uh, the, or the Al Roker. <laughs> Before uh, we get to the money shot, I want to ask you about your art because yes. you are a visual artist as well. I don't know. Is that how you would define it? Yeah, that's, that, that, that covers it. And um, uh, so just uh, Cole's notes of it is like you cut up movie posters mm-hmm. uh, into like very tiny pieces and <laughs> rearrange them into some elaborate designs, which uh, really catch the eye and are, are very beautiful at times. Uh, uh, how did you start doing that? Uh, well, basically, like, it began, uh, when did it start? Pretty much around 2012, I think, is when I kind of started doing it, which was literally, I had, I had moved to a new apartment, and I had fewer, I had less wall space than I had at the last place. And I, I've been collecting, like, movie posters and all this other stuff over the years, and, like, since I was a teenager, and then I'm mm-hmm. finally like, all right, well, I got this big roll of, like, old movie posters that... I don't really want to put up anymore. Like I don't have any use for them and they yeah. were just sitting in a roll and I've been doing comedy for a while and was feeling good about it. But then every now and again, I'd be like, eh, I'd feel like I was in a rut with comedy. I'm like, I want to do something creative that has nothing to do with comedy. Really? I would, like find another outlet that, you know, I feel good about. And I was like, well, how about I, I literally just went to Michael's, bought like a big pack of like five canvases or whatever, like bigger ones. And I'm like, I'm just going to, I, I love scrapbooking when I was a little kid, yeah. like cutting up stuff from magazines right. and you know collages. Skate, collages, you know, just like cutting out like stuff from like you know skate magazines or you know music magazines or whatever. Right. And then I was like, well, whatever, give this a whirl. So I just started cutting up like the first one was like a Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas poster. I just cut it up and then I finished it. It looked like absolute trash. I was like, ah, that sucks. And then like, well, I, why do you think it was? Why did you think that? Uh, because all I did was cut very it very abstract. Way too abstract. Like basically, all I did was cut it up into squares and then just like I didn't know how to like properly properly smooth stuff out i didn't know i didn't create a design i didn't do anything it didn't like it peeled up over the edges and stuff like it it looked bad like not even by my standards bad like it looked bad by anybody's standards and i like it just sat in my hallway for like uh like couple weeks until i finally grabbed it and i grabbed like some black and white paint and i literally painted on it this was an abysmal failure (laughs) (laughs) and then after that i'm like that's in the past 
And then I grabbed a couple others and I was like, all right. So I started with like a big Lebowski one and like all these other ones. I'm like, okay, I'm getting slightly better. And then I did a remount of one of my friend shows at the purple room and I brought a couple of them there. I'm like, Hey, I'm raising some money. I'm like, I don't have any money. This so is for sale. This yeah. is for sale. <laughs> and I'm like, does anyone want any of these? And like, I sold them like crazy cheap. And then people were like, Oh, Hey, that's kind of like, I have a bunch of posters. I don't need any more uh, because I was around like 26 at the time. And that's around the age where a lot of my a lot of my friends were, and that's right around the age where a lot of people are like, yeah, I still have all my old posters from like high school or college, but I don't put them up anymore. But I don't want to throw them away, yeah. or I have like old posters and stuff that like they mean something to me, but I wouldn't put them up as they are necessarily. Like here, you you do something with them, and maybe I'll buy it back from you, and then like couple commissions roll in then i start getting ideas for like oh what if i bought this poster and tried this mm-hmm. and yeah years later it's my job now yeah, like it's yeah, yeah like it's not it's the it's the best worst paying job i've ever had uh i love it <laughs> it's, it's fantastic and yeah i'm I've, i do everything from like posters to calendars to books to like my fridge own fr- magnets. fridge magnets yeah. i do like my own friends art prints i have like calendars calendars maybe. yeah <laughs> yeah actual cutting up a yeah. calendar. i've even branched out and done a few shows where i like create actual like cartoon characters and stuff like mm-hmm. using like the designs and shapes and make them out of paper and stuff and like and you, i know you have a video on youtube where you go through the process of actually mm-hmm. putting one of these uh pieces of art together yeah and that's an older one too like i've i've been dragging my feet on making more videos like that I want to make more like kind of how-to type of videos on how to do it because I'm like it's it takes a lot of time and it's very I guess for lack of a better term tedious but I I don't really know anybody else who does what I do how I do it and yeah. I'm like it's not that mysterious except the people who obviously will come to you you have a workshop you yes have collage dropout? collage dropout collage dropout collage dropout and this will be the the second one I'm doing uh, next Tuesday okay and that's that uh, that's the handsome daughter again. Handsome daughter. Love that place. And the idea is people come, they bring their own poster. They can if they want. If they don't, I have enough to bring with them. You provide all the materials. I provide all the materials. And then in like the three glue, the scissors. Glue, scissors. So that's kind of what I'm doing. Is like, yeah, everyone comes and they, they make their own, uh, they make their own original thing. And when, when is the next one? Uh, Tuesday, uh, June 12th at the handsome daughter. Uh, hopefully it'll be either monthly or bi-monthly. They're pretty cool on it. They, they've wanted to do paint night type things, but not actual paint night because they think it's kind of lame too and is, there, <laughs> is there an admission uh yeah it's uh 30 bucks at the door 25 if you uh, get a hold of me pre uh prepay because <laughs> nice. that helps pay for the costs of materials and what have you but uh yeah no everything is provided you don't have to bring a single thing and you leave uh you leave with your own uh, unique little piece of art that's awesome man yeah. providing for the community trying making the walls prettier I guess <laughs> if your walls are boring, I can help fix that. Uh, and also, if you go to your Instagram, you, you pretty much put every piece of art you do. Oh yeah, everything. I, pretty much everything I ever finish is up there. So it's like at JD Renault R E N A U D, and uh, yeah, it's all up there. All right, man, we're gonna do the money shot now. All right. uh, so for those of you who don't know who have been listening, or this is basically uh, JD's gonna get uh, one hundred questions, which he must answer within five minutes. It could be a fill in the blank. It could be a choose one of these. It could be a little task. Um, but the idea is, uh, he has to get 90% JD. You must get 90% of the questions right. Mm. And, um, if you do, you win the money shot. And tonight's money shot is... Eight Canadian dollars and a crappy Darth Vader toaster. All right, JD, are you ready for the money shot? Yes, sir, I'm ready. Okay, we shall begin. Name an animal that flies. A bird. What's a nickname you've been given? Uh, Hollywood. Favorite toy as a child? 
Uh, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Raphael. Favorite toy as an adult? Uh, 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 Fisker's Hole Punchers, big ones. <laughs> Best board game you've played? Uh, Monopoly. Favorite all-time TV show? Simpsons. Do you camp? Yes. Ever caught a fish? Yes. Where do you buy your shoes? Uh, uh, uh King's Skate Shop on Portage. Oh, okay. Uh, 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 Pamina, Pamina. Have you been to Fargo, North Dakota? No. What would you name your dog? Uh, Duke. Do you like coffee? No. Favorite condiment? Uh, honey mustard. Last book you read? Uh, uh Tenacity of the Cockroach. Ooh. Most frequented, most frequented webpage? Uh, Google. Favorite card game? Uh, 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 Blackjack. Name a short film. Uh, rejected. I enjoy being a... Guy. <laughs> <laughs> Name a movie with Julie Andrews. The Sound of Music. Can you sing? Yes. Spell Flynn Flon. F-L-I-N, F-L-O-N. With a dash ra- in the middle. Sure. I don't know. I gotta look better. Or whatever. Favorite uh, radio program? Uh, uh, it was Jokes on You, but it's not oh, there yeah, anymore. what the hell? I don't know. I don't know. Okay, but what is it now? Uh, uh, oh, no, no, that's, ghost, that's ghost, it. Ghost, that ghost. Uh, have you ever eaten a bug on purpose? No. Have you ever been part of a parade? Yes. Have you owned a fidget spinner? Yes. Favorite Monty Python member? Uh, uh, Graham Chapman. Name a local beer. Uh, uh, queer beer. Name a Winnipeg transit route. Uh, the 16. Favorite Bill Murray movie? Uh, Groundhog Day. Favorite dead artist? Uh, 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 Salvador Dali. <laughs> Name something purple. Uh, uh, grapes. What does R-O-T-F-L mean? Rolling on the floor laughing. Do you believe in love? Yes. Oh, Last item you purchased at Shopper's Drug Mart? Uh, peanut butter. Favorite stage you ever performed on? Stand up. Uh, the, uh, uh, Centennial Concert Hall. CBC, yay or nay? Yay. Favorite video game console? Super Nintendo. Best restaurant in Winnipeg? Uh, weird. Mm, uh, uh, little Pizza Heaven. Ran out of ideas. Describe a bicyclist stop hand signal. Uh, with your hand up like a bent arm. Like a bent arm like a letter uh, L. Uh, uh, have you ever water skied? Yes. Name a blue bomber player. Oh, uh, oh God. Uh, Pitball Clements? Uh, nice. Who cares? I feel, I think that counts. Do you have a tattoo? Uh, no. Best gift you, you ever gave your mother on Mother's Day? Oh, uh, I gave her $75 this year to go to bingo and get dinner. Oh, what position is your favorite to play in fastball slash softball? Uh, catcher. What do you order in a theater? Uh, order? I bring my own Mike and Ike's. Oh, damn right. Uh, least favorite wrestler? Least favorite. Oh, shit. That's, oh, man. You could, you could give him uh, uh, Enzo Amore because he's a rapist. Who says ho, ho, ho? Santa Claus. Name a song by the guest who? Uh, these Eyes. Favorite flavor of pop? Uh, ooh, uh, uh, cherry Sprite. How often do you shave your face? Uh, once every two weeks. What's your favorite Olympic sport? Uh, uh, ooh, uh, 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 um, uh, skeleton luge. What's your, what's the Roman numeral for 50? Uh, X. Name your favorite VHS tape. Uh, uh, Robocop. How many times, how many ties do you own? Uh, four. Name a river in Manitoba. Uh, the Red River. Butter or margarine? Margarine. The night the lights went out in? Uh, 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 Ontario. Did you like the Ghostbusters reboot? Not really. Uh, would you skydive? Uh, maybe. Have you, uh, uh, have you ever watched an episode of Dancing with the Stars? Yes. Name a cast member of Jersey Shore. Uh, the situation. What sub would you order at Subway? Uh, uh, the, uh, chicken parmesan thing on the whole wheat bun. Have you read the Satanic Bible? Uh, I've read parts of it. Have you photocopied your body parts? Uh, once, yeah. 
Name someone who's a sharp dresser. Ooh, uh, mm, Greg Proops. One minute. Favorite YouTube channel? Uh, Gang Grumps. What laundry detergent do you use? Uh, Tide. Last item borrowed from the library? Uh, a book. Favorite season? Uh, oh, fall. Favorite comedian? Uh, uh, Kyle Kinane. How do you like your eggs? Uh, scrambled. In England, what do you get if you order a 99? Uh, beer. What? Uh, who's the mayor of Winnipeg? Uh, the, that guy. What? Brian Bowman. What? <laughs> what are you terrified of? Uh, 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 dying alone. What did Hawkeye, Trapper John, and BJ call their home in on Mash? Uh, uh the, the Vietnam. Twenty-five seconds. Favorite comic book character without a movie? Uh, 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 uh the Max. Coolest nickname ever received? Uh, Hollywood. Hall or Oates? Oates. Is Roseanne Barr a racist? Yes. Favorite Quentin Tarantino movie? Kill Bill 1. Least favorite Quentin Tarantino movie? Jackie Brown. 3D or not 3D? Not 3D. Name a fictional location? Uh, nowhere's but blue. Name a famous body? Mine. Fam- uh, baby, not body. <laughs> first, first rapper you <laughs> like? Oh, 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 no. God damn it. Oh. Oh, that's too bad. That's How close was I to the end? You were, uh... <laughs> Hmm. Famous body. I uh, couldn't read my right. Yeah. You were at 88. Oh. First rapper you like. Did you get that out? I can't remember. I, I was gonna. I was gonna say MCA. MCA. Oh, yeah. RIP. I know. MCA. Uh, all, I think that's it, man. I can't tell you how uh, thankful I am you came down I'm to the so happy Crap to have Central, done it. as they call it. And yeah. you came and oh, really man. fun talking to you, I'm man. I'm very happy. You I've always loved come. your comedy. I think you're just an amazing stand up, and your art is fantastic. JD Renault, you already said R E N A U D. A U D. What other kind of social media do you? Uh, theplaceholdershow.com. Uh, that's where I put everything that I would have for sale art wise is mm-hmm. up there and any like important news, like any like major upcoming shows or other stuff like that or weird stuff. Like and written. your friend show. Will and my friend show also of the that. same name, the placeholder show will be at Wee Johnny's this summer during the Winnipeg Fringe Festival. Yeah. And we got rotating times. It'll be like, you know, six, seven thirty or nine or whatever. Like we'll check your, check your fringe program. We, we shuffle them around, but, uh, yeah, every single night of the fringe, I'll be there at some point. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. It's been a pleasure. Been a pleasure as always. All right. All right. Take care. Later.